Hey everyone, welcome to the Blessed Girl Show. I am really grateful for each one of you for coming back every week and listening, adding value and finding relevance every time you hear my podcast. So thank you and a deep gratitude to each one of you. I would love to begin introducing this guest which is our 26th episode today and Punendu Nath is my next guest who is one of a life coach and financial advisor too. He is a PhD in finance and also he holds a certification in from American Sports Medicine in running. So he is a running coach and let's hear more about running and how to train in this crazy time. So let me welcome Punendu Nath. Uh, thanks for inviting me. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. To begin with, I would like to know that how did you start uh, running? Because I have uh, always seen you as a coach. I've never seen, uh, you know, your own transition and never heard anywhere. So I would love to hear from you itself. Um, we're always sort of runners, but they just got caught up with life. And uh, so they were sporty, perhaps just ran around as part of sports as a, as a youngster and yeah. then get caught, caught up in, in the normal sort of corporate rat race. And then there are the type that uh, didn't really particularly enjoy running back then. They might have been good at sports, but they didn't enjoy the running component of sports. Yeah. And I think I'm more of the former. I was not you know, particularly good at uh, sports. And in school, uh, even running tends to be short distance. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, you don't have, never mind even half marathons or 10Ks in my days in school. And I went to one of the best schools in, in the city where I'm in now, which is Mumbai, mm. uh, one of the best schools. And uh, even there, the sports day, I think uh, we had 100 meters, but I think if there was 200 meters, it, I don't remember it, but uh, there may have been. Okay. So it was uh, basically, it was always short distance and sprinting. So it mm. didn't strike you that you were actually a good endurance athlete. Mm. Uh, of course, now when I look back, I realized that, hang on, when we played all kinds of other field sports i was a guy who could run back and forth from one goal to the next mm-hmm. and uh, you know not everybody could do that okay. so that's sort of history and then mm-hmm. you know like if you come forward another uh, you know from the age of 15 to the age of 40 uh, it suddenly struck me that uh, you know life's too short to not be fit and yeah. i should get fit and i ended up being in in in, in mumbai uh, and one of the few things you can do here, given that it's an extremely crowded city with not very great infrastructure, is you can run. And you can run in, in just about every part of the world. And that's what's beautiful about running, yeah. that you don't need anything. Even if you live in a part of the world where lots of other things are possible, you might sometimes go on holiday somewhere where you know, the only thing you can do is get out early in the morning in that crowded city and uh, you know, run for, for an hour or so before the city wakes up. Yeah. So that's how I kind of got into it, just as a means to get fit. Hmm. And it, it was only uh, because I continued doing it that as time went on, I realized that relative to others in the population of my sort of age and gender, that I was uh, an outlier. So yeah. that's, that's, that's probably kind of you know, as a quick overview of how I got into things. 
Sure. Uh, so were you like an overweight guy or was it like something, you know, you were just something you wanted to do apart from just a, a normal regime of going to the gym or something like that? Was it something uh, you looked at running as? So um, I guess when you're busy as a father of two, a husband, a son, a son-in-law, uh, you know, a busy senior employee in a, in a business, uh, one of the directors of the firm, then you look for something which is efficient, time efficient. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you don't have time to go off and even if you could afford membership of a club and, you know, you don't have the time to arrange a, a game of squash or whatever it might be that you play. Yeah. So, so, you know, that's the reason I guess I sort of always, you know, naturally running as a very time efficient activity. Yeah. Uh, whether I was overweight or not is easy to tell when you, you know, if you were to Google and look up older pictures of me. So relative to then uh, or relative to now, I was clearly overweight. Yeah. I think sometimes people say, oh, you were not really overweight then. But I was. I was 30 kilos heavy. 30, I had 30 kilos more fat on my body than I do now. Wow. Uh, and, yeah, and 30 kilos isn't a small amount of fat. Absolutely. So I think, <laughs> yeah, the key thing is that I think to a large extent, Running has been one of the things that helps me keep that fat off, mm -hmm. but I don't think it's by any means, you know, the, uh, the only thing or the biggest thing, because uh, as you look around you, you'll, you'll, you'll come across a lot of people who have been running uh, for a number of years, but, you know, they might lose a little bit of fat, but they don't necessarily either manage to keep it off completely or, uh, yeah. you know, or, or uh, keep reducing their body fat percentage. So. Yeah. I think that's the key thing to for people to remember or note, pay yeah. attention to. Something which you would say, this happened because you were a runner. You know, this happened to you because, you know, it just made you realize that uh, something was not there, you know, as a person you were earlier. Uh, there was this time about maybe about eight, nine years ago, maybe even 10 years ago, where people would sometimes say that, oh, you can be fat and still be fit. Uh, and that's definitely not the case. People would say, you know what, it's, uh, in fact, there's still some guidance out there saying that uh, if you're going to be slim, but not active, that's quite risky. And uh, you're better off being overweight, but someone who's very active. And, yeah. and I don't know if that relative comparison does much justice because mm -hmm. neither situation is good. Yeah. Because fat itself is harmful, harmful to the body when there's excess fat on the body. Uh, mm. and, and we shouldn't have that. So I think that's a wrong thing for people to conclude that, oh, you know, I'm overweight, but you know yeah. what, I run a lot. So I, that's okay. That's, that's definitely not the case. Yeah. In, in, I think in, in my case, uh, and, and this is what I encourage everybody to do, is to understand that you don't need to run to be fit. Yeah. And uh, And... And uh, you could be extremely fit without running. And mm. it doesn't have to be me saying that, right? You look at the world of sports. Yeah. Not, you know, there are so many amazing sports people and they don't run beyond whatever little they might have to do to, uh, you know, as part of the sport, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. very simply, cyclists don't run and, and swimmers don't run. And, you know, someone who plays badminton is extremely active, but doesn't have to run as much in terms of total distance. So you don't have to be a distance runner. Yeah. So I think that's a key thing to note that uh, it's you've got to first make this decision. Do I need to run? If I'm going mm -hmm. to run, how am I going to run right? 
yeah and run so that i can run and for running to work for me it mm. shouldn't be that you run because somehow you believe you need to run yeah. without thinking about it hard and then you start running but you don't give it much thought and then you get injured or whatever else might happen or you don't kind of keep it up and and then you give up your whole plan to be fit because you thought that running was what you needed to do um, yeah yeah absolutely you have to know from a sense that someone wants to build on it it's not like that they don't want to build on it but the whole idea of you know exerting and like uh, you recently mentioned in your implementation video as well that you know it, it's always very tough to be able to implement it and make it your own routine so i'm mm-hmm. just trying to understand from that point that how do you how can you break that how how it is uh, you know it is very difficult with the with the time also we are in right now as in like covid there were people who were very regular runners and they were into running you know maybe a 50 kilometers every week they were very regular but because of the whole situation right now and work from home is getting a little more challenging and more more than what it was you know earlier so i think the balance is losing uh, is lost completely this is the thing you've kind of got to step back and and have the maturity and think that uh, so i always sort of saw running as like you have a relationship with uh, someone of you know like a romantic partner when you first meet them you're really excited you're like wow you know you're thinking about them all the time and you want to meet them all the time and you want to spend more time with them right yeah. you can see the equivalent in running right you want to you think about running all the time you talk to everybody about running you you know you plan everything around your running, running and you yeah. want to run more and more and more yeah but you've got to have this sort of long term maturity perspective and say look this is something i want to do long term because this is something good for me it's just yeah. like i want to be with this person long term because they're good for me yeah. so i've got to face that and i've got to understand there are always sort of ups and downs mm. so in this situation where we know that this isn't a situation where we're going to be stuck indoors for the rest of our lives the important mm. thing at that point would have been to step back and say that look my goal is that in 3 years time when there is no covid Uh, or pandemic around or no lockdowns are come to an end because it's not clear we won't have any more lockdowns the question is uh, how do you plan for that whole period and yeah. and then to tell yourself that my goal is is literally to be fit and one of the things is to run this long distance so when i can get back into running i will again build up again because there's only so much you can run inside your house mm. or even in your in the compound of your building mm. so is to a have that long term perspective and be mm-hmm. also to think back that look the the great thing is that unlike when i first started running where i needed to really work hard to even get up to 5 kilometers and then get up to 8 kilometers and then get up to 10 and then 15 the good thing now is that when i do get back into it it's going to take a lot less time because i've had so many years of uh, running history behind me and uh, and i am more mindful of all the other things that i do for my health yeah. so i think putting all of those things together and mm. then to just say that look i'm going to have a timetable and a plan just like i did the first time i started running yeah. and often we feel that just because we've run uh, 10 races and we've been running for 5 years and you know we've run whatever uh, up to 50k races and things and therefore we kind of know it all we don't need to plan we'll just go out and do it and and like i say you know if you you know failing to prepare is preparing to fail so yeah. you've got to have a very very specific plan i mean when i got out of this recent lockdown that we've had in india i had a very specific plan as to how i was going to go back from pretty much not running at all 
to getting back to my sort of equilibrium sort of distance of running in terms of individual runs or weekly mileage. Uh, there was a very, okay. very specific, you know, well thought out plan. And you know, it's a plan, but sometimes it can go out of whack because of this, that and the other. But the point is to have a plan. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So when you say you should have a plan, do you do you have anything to add uh, in a sense that uh, someone just uh, want to start with uh, maybe tomorrow itself that they want to do this and they should have certain kilometers or certain distance, certain mix of, uh, you know, like path leg and uh, sprint uh, or, you know, maybe uh, I would say that like, long runs everything what do you say about that how do you plan it how much and your weight training as well so um so when it comes to running a i think uh, although one can have a cookie cutter plan and you know many of these sort of plans exist uh, i i don't believe that uh, um you know they're necessarily it's necessarily the best way for an individual to progress unless the cookie cutter plan has is sort of dynamic and it adjusts based on your own um, ability to stick with the plan. So for instance, yeah. if the plan tells you to go out and run for four times a week and gives you some mileage to run on day one, on day two, day three, day four. Yeah. Uh, and, and then if you aren't able to day, do day two, how yeah. does it adjust day three, right? I think a plan needs to have that. But what I just say that, and therefore, uh, it's difficult to give very, very specific advice. I, and I, I never do that. Right? Each of the persons that I, I mentor uh, and, and as part of the mentoring, uh, running coaching becomes part of that. So each person's distance and target pace and the kind of running they're going to do is definitely a function of their own ability, their history and you yeah. know, simple things like how much they've slept in the last week. Uh, any illnesses they've had, how much mileage they've done. If they've not done any mileage, how should they get back into it? But they want to get back into it and they're like, you know, they're procrastinating. They're feeling guilty that they're not running, but yet they know that they should and then they want to go out. I'd say that, hey, you know what? So today, for instance, right now, we're speaking today, it's a, it's a Saturday and uh, often people like to go out and run on a Sunday. So I'd say that, look, you know, standard bit of advice, just set the alarm don't set it to wake up too early in fact don't set an alarm is the best thing whenever you wake up uh, and you happen to wake up anytime say between five in the morning and say 7 30 in the morning just get up put your shoes on don't even plan to run yeah. just wear your running equipment and go out and walk in the area where others might run mm. right that's it just, just show up on day one and then that would get you going better for, you know, say tomorrow is Sunday, then when you get up on Tuesday, yeah. do the same thing. But you know what, maybe try and run a little bit. Run for, yeah. don't think about distance, but uh, if you want to think about distance, great, but just look to sort of do a slow jog for five minutes. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't even say run a kilometer, just jog for five minutes. If you want walk, run for five minutes, but the point is to just show up, you know, that's mm. the thing. And then on Thursday, do the same thing and build up from there. Yeah. So do you feel that the running or the fitness industry itself, I, uh, it's a huge commodity, you know, because I, uh, it's like there are so many things right now going on with the kind of a world we are right now in. It is more of seen as a commodity than 
than actually the real cause or the truth. But in a sense that it it really uh, gets very overwhelming for an audience to really choose what is right for them, unless there isn't anyone is a coach who can you know guide you in person. So what do you say on that? So to the extent that uh, people are excited about running, then there will always be uh, someone else on the other side who tries to provide them a product or a service, uh, a paid product or a paid service mm-hmm. that will try and do something to satisfy part of that need, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's going from bottom to top, uh, someone selling shoes, someone selling special laces for shoes, someone selling special socks, uh, someone selling special compression socks, you know, coming higher up the body, special yeah. shorts, and, you know, special... Uh, you know, armbands for, yeah. uh, for their phone, you know, for their phone and, and so on. So there's a lot of, there's a lot to sell. And I'm, I'm not saying that that doesn't serve a purpose for someone who needs it. And those are not useful. And yeah. similarly, different, you know, different food things, uh, uh, different uh, drinks and, and so on. Right. Yeah. So technology, like I, I just bought this uh, wonderful uh, sports watch a couple of months ago and I love it. So okay. like this, there will be a lot of things out there. So the question again is to, to stop and think and to tell yourself that, look, I'm running as a method to get fit. And in order to get the most up out of my running, I want to make sure I run right, yeah. which means running in the right form and technique and the mm-hmm. right mileage. Yeah. And as part of that, given that I have so many other things to do with my day, uh, these are the other things that I need. So now let me step back and say, given that these are all the other things that I need, right? And that I really know I need, not that someone's telling me that, that I need this, what are the things that are available and, and, and sort of to, to, to do it that way. So I, have, I see no problem with someone trying to make money out of a uh, demand out there. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think that that's, that's the problem. I just feel that, uh, so, okay, let's step back again. Uh, running is humans have always run we've not really run for recreation or even sport yeah you know by and large even in uh it's and specifically in india uh recreational running although you and i are runners and we see this as a big thing that's happening it's still a tiny fraction of a percentage of the population that runs yeah right so it's still minuscule it's 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 minuscule to the point of being pathetically small Right. So the point is, we'd rather that people are fit and a great way in, in a place like India without having to spend money and, and given the uh, population density, building lots of infrastructure for sports, everybody yeah. can go out there and run. Yeah. So to, to that extent, uh, it's been great that over the last 15 years, in a very gradual way, you know, starting off perhaps with the Mumbai Marathon, yeah. that this culture has built in of, for people to run. People live in cities, in tier two towns, uh, in villages, etc. Yeah. that have gotten up and realized that they can run to be fit and yeah. it doesn't really need much. I, I think there is a lot of stuff around because it's not like, um, say, something like, um, I don't know, like uh, archery or rifle shooting, right? There isn't that much around, you know, those are sports. There's not much around in the media and not too much commercial pressure, Yeah. right? And, and, and there is for this. So the thing is to just step back and say, you know, what is it that I need as an individual? Yeah. Uh, what is it that I'm going to listen to? Yeah. Uh, all I can tell you is that I 
I specifically am a marketing person's worst nightmare. It's extremely difficult to sell something to me. And if I need something, I'm definitely going to get it. But yeah. I, I rarely kind of give in to you know, commercial pressures that you need this and you need that. So I think mm-hmm. that's something that everybody should do. Step back and, and ask themselves, what is it that I really need? The thing that you need is to be fit. That's what yeah. you need. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So when you say fit, how do you define fit? What is your definition of being fit? So uh, more than you know, my definition of being fit, which is basically what you might consider the scientific definition of being fit, okay. is... Uh, what's something that say the American College of Sports Medicine might, might use for fitness, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got uh, um, you know, health-based measures of fitness and skills-based measures of fitness. Yeah. If you think about health-based measures of fitness, then you've got uh, you know, cardiorespiratory endurance, muscular endurance, muscular strength, body mm-hmm. composition, flexibility, right? These five things. Yeah. And to a large extent, something like running gives you different component or different ex- amounts of each of these yeah it perhaps doesn't give you too much in terms of muscular strength mm. running itself it'll give you muscular endurance yeah and uh, cardiorespiratory endurance it'll give you flexibility if you do the stretching around it and just running will tend to make you flexible mm. uh, in, in in most parts and it'll help you perhaps keep your body uh, fat down yeah and on the skills-based measure i think it also does quite well because uh the skills-based measures you could think of as balance uh, speed, uh, reaction time, uh, coordination, uh, agility, power, you know, these sorts of things. And again, running is good for this, especially if you run in, in, in cities and villages in India where you've got to constantly look out for stuff. You've got to balance on uh, yourself in, in areas which are not so well uh, laid out in front in terms of infrastructure, right? Like in yeah. Mumbai, when I, when I run in, in, in the neighborhood I live in, I have to avoid potholes. I have to avoid cow dung. Yeah. You know, I have to run on the road because there is no proper pavement, right? So I have to look out for traffic. I have to, you know, there's, there's a lot to think about. So, yeah. so running can definitely help with, with all of that uh, compared to say someone who, and, and again, I don't want to make a comparison as in you have to do this versus that. You can do both. But uh, I remember when I say about uh, whatever, say 12, 13 years ago, when I started to run, my mm. goal was just to be fit. And as part of that goal to be fit, I had this thought very clearly in my head that I want to be fit like a warrior, right? Mm-hmm. That was my goal. And a warrior should be able to run and jump yeah. and move fast and be strong. So I started running and cycling mm-hmm. and going to the gym uh, to do strength training, all, all three of these things. And yeah. I've continued them, right? So for instance, today I did some strength training today, and tomorrow morning I, I will run. And uh, I will cycle as much as I can to commute and things like that. Yeah. But the key point is that uh, in doing all of these things, we have better balance. Yeah. And then we sort of stay fit overall. If all I had done was say, look, I just want to have a lot of muscles. I mm. could have gone to the gym and just become bulky and muscular. Yeah. But I'm not sure it would have helped with my cardiorespiratory endurance. Mm. I don't really know if it would have helped so much with flexibility. And I don't think it would have helped much at all with reaction speed and balance and coordination and, and, and things like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, different things will add different components uh, or different uh, degrees to these different components of, of fitness. Got it. Understood. Nice. So when you say, uh, you know, it's about building on more on the 
endurance on the other aspect as well not just muscular you know so there is a lot of challenge with fatigue and i think uh, when you are a runner and when you are doing a certain distance every single day you know so i i remember uh, recently reading one of your blogs where uh, you know it was more on how we can take care by take it take care of it by our food but um, since i'm a vegan i would like to know about this that uh, there wasn't any mention about inflammatory uh, you know like products which we there is a, like dairy or other products meat there is a lot of inflammation so how do you say how can you take care of that Um, you know, being a runner or being any endurance athlete. So, uh, first thing, I think it's key. You know, it's key to understand that uh, inflammation isn't necessarily a bad thing. So, we want uh, we have to distinguish between uh, acute and chronic inflammation, and to distinguish between sort of localized inflammation and systemic inflammation. So mm. for instance if i go to the gym and i i decide to really work my upper body really hard and say i'm doing something like very specific in a, in a session and yeah. i'm working a very specific group of muscles because i've just decided as a thing to make my journey interesting for a few weeks i'm going to do just that then mm. what i have is i definitely have inflammation once i finish that session at the gym and yeah. that's not a bad thing that's a good thing and it will be local it won't be systemic i won't have inflammation entire in my entire body in every part of it so so that's one thing so then the question becomes well do i want this all the time no i want that infl- inflammatory response but i want it to go away as my body recovers and i get stronger or fitter or whatever it might be that that i'm trying to get out of that uh, that session and in order to do that what i've mm. got to make sure that that uh, in the 24 48 72 hours after that session i have appropriate uh, support to my body that brings inflammation down so mm. one of the best ways is to uh, once you've decided that now you're in a period where you need to bring that inflammation down is mm. to just have deep sleep right yeah. so you if you sleep that's going to help uh, and so on right so that you might have a cold shower or uh, sort of meditate etc when it comes to food clearly there are foods that bring inflammation down and there are foods that are inflammatory yeah. and like you mentioned in general foods animal products are pro inflammatory and plant products are anti inflammatory and again i'm speaking in a very general sense and uh, therefore it's it's you know it's it should be clear even if you look back at research pro- Uh, publications going back to the early 20th century scientists have done research showing that plant based athletes had uh, better recovery times and therefore better performance over the long term because if you recover faster you can train more often yeah right if you long to recover you can't you can't train as much or train as often so you're mm-hmm. not going to improve as fast and get much better right so yeah. they've shown as you know up to like 100 years ago or or based foods eating athletes had better performance over many many months of time so for sure i tell anybody who's you know who's contemplating becoming improving on their diet uh, i'd say that to move closer towards being more vegan would be much better for them from the perspective of uh, uh from many perspectives but yeah since you asked very specifically 
from the perspective yeah. of athletic performance. Uh, yeah. And, and you know, sometimes people will latch on to uh, what I think is perhaps uh, a component of what someone says that may not necessarily apply to them. Mm. So it's not impossible that uh, if you're not paying attention to your diet, that someone who isn't vegan and ends up eating a lot of animal products can potentially get more protein into their body than someone who is vegan, but is also not paying too much attention to their intake, right? Yeah. So, so, you know, just uh, an, an important footnote to make is that you could be drinking Coke and eating French fries and that's being vegan, right? So that's not healthy. It's not good for you. Yeah. So being a Coke drinking fries eating vegan is of no use, right? Yeah. And you're probably better off eating, you know, uh, tandoori chicken every day. Uh, and uh, drinking a glass of milk, right? And you might be better off as, uh, as someone who goes to the gym and, and lifts a lot of weights and things like that. You'd have better performance. But is that really better for you in the long run? It's definitely not mm -hmm. better for animals. It's not better for the planet. So how do you do things so that your health improves over time as does the health of the planet and with less cruelty towards animals and things like that? I think that's very important. It's pointless, you know, you and me getting stronger, fitter, faster if the planet is worse off, right? Yeah. So what's the point of that? Absolutely. Right? Because, you know, it, it, it doesn't make sense to me, at least. You know, I'm not here living just on my own on this planet and I don't care enough about anybody else or anything else. Not mm. at all, right? That's, yeah. that's not how, at least that's not how I am. I'm not going to do something so selfish that it really harms a lot of other people or a lot of other things. Not just in this point in time, but future generations too so that's mm. sort of the way i, I kind of look at it and mm. you know i'm not saying that somebody who isn't thinking about it is a bad person they're just not thinking about it and to not yeah. think is not necessarily the smartest thing to do right yeah yeah so wonderful yeah that's a valid point so uh to i would say i i want to bring back uh to the same thing of uh you know because you are athlete or because you're a runner sometimes there is a lot of monotony in your own training and in your way of training. So I would like to uh, emphasize more that how do you take care of yourself that you don't get bored in the process, you enjoy and you still are able to achieve your goals as well. Maybe, you know, like uh, you want to do 42 kilometers next year and you start training right away, but you want to train and you want to enjoy it. You don't want to lose the process and you just be there. So how do you take care of that? And I, I would love to know more on, especially the boredom. It so happened that an accident, not accidentally, but I ran on somebody else's bib for my first race ever. It wasn't a full marathon. Uh, they just knew I had started running. I, was, I had no idea what a marathon was. And they said, hey, there's this Mumbai marathon happening. Do you want to go for it? And uh, I think it's so many years ago that I won't get disqualified now. But I ran on someone else's bib. This is about 12, 13 years ago. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, this race thing, I, I kind of like this, right? It's going in this big group of people because I never run with other people before. So I registered for the Mumbai full marathon the next year. Right? That was okay. my first race ever I'd registered for. I trained for it and I, and I did it, right? And, and again, I trained like a geek. Uh, I, I got a book. I read it from cover to cover a couple of times and mm -hmm. I followed it exactly. And from nothing to within eight weeks, I think I was running 28 kilometers. 
So I was just following the timetable. So it was something along those lines. Hmm. Now, I realized as I then started mentoring people a few years after that, that not everybody is like me. So yeah. for me to tell people, look, I did this so you can do, and what's the big deal about getting bored? Doesn't make sense. Yeah. So perhaps it, it's more useful to talk about how I mentor people to get to their goals because that's more relevant, right? So what are the things that I've learned over time? And, and what I'd say is that uh, like very, very specifically, all of this is about our mind and how we think about things. Mm-hmm. So again, it comes back to this whole thing of an implementation gap. Each person is different. So I know that there are people who are naturally more disciplined I know there are people who are naturally more systematic. I know there are people who are naturally more scientific. I know there are people who naturally have more faith in a system. Yeah. So each person is different. There is a spectrum. So for yeah. me, I'm, I'm what you might call an extreme believer in, in the potential of what nature can do. Mm. So I practice certain things that there isn't even much published evidence for. Mm. And I'm collecting data myself and I can see how I'm able to improve. Okay. And then there are people whom, for whom you give them uh, reams and reams of scientific evidence and they still won't do what's logically correct thing to do. Yeah. So it comes down to understanding a person's mindset and to understand that people are not linear. We respond to uh, certain environmental cues. We respond to feedback. We respond to positive encouragement and motivation. We yeah. don't like excessive criticism. We like constructive criticism so what I tend to do is uh, get each person to make progress in whatever it is that they're doing and the people I mentor are doing a whole range of things from doing distance running to taking professional exams where they need to study for many many months to pass an exam and to Mm. keep them on track right and to put all of these things together because it's ultimately about behavior modification it's about setting up the right uh, you know infrastructure of plan and so like a key thing so I I find it quite surprising when I talk to even experienced runners Mm -hmm. uh, that uh, they don't keep track of their running history and their training history Uh, they'll um, you know they if they happen to want to check it they'll go on the website of the smartwatch that they own and they'll kind of look up their history but you ask me and I can tell you for the last many years on any day that I ran, what time I woke up, what time I ran, whom I ran with, where I ran, what distance I did, what my pace was, what the weather was like, and more recently over the last couple of years, what the temperature was like, et cetera. All of that is logged. I can tell you those things. I can understand my running. And Mm -hmm. ultimately, ultimately, all of this is to do with understanding ourselves better, right? So we use running. You talked about, you know, how do you get over this thing of running? How do you motivate yourself to do this 42 kilometers? You've got to understand that, look, you know what? You might over four months train and do this full marathon. Yeah. But if after that you become a couch potato again, what was the point of that? Was yeah. it just to say, I've run a marathon? It's like big deal. You know, there are hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people <laughs> have run marathons. Yeah. So you're, you're just nothing special. The point is, how do you become a better version of yourself? And aren't you potentially a worse version of yourself? If you did something challenging, you achieve success, but you actually went back, so you didn't learn anything from that hard work. You actually yeah. went back to being a couch potato. So that's the worst thing. It's like investing in education, but then not using it, right? It's like building a house and then not living in it. Yeah. Right? So the key thing to do is to say, look, this is a journey. 
I'm going to run this 42K because this is what's going to make me a better person and allow me to live a better life yeah. from then on. I'm only say 30 years old. I want to live to 100. So for the next 70 years, this experience of this 42K is going to be good for me. Yeah. Not when I'm 40, look back and say, when I was 30, I ran a 42K. Yeah, I don't run anything now. But hey, you know what? I had run a full marathon. Now I'm <laughs> fat and overweight and I don't do any exercise. But it's not my fault. It's COVID. Right? No, that's yeah. no good. I'm sorry, but yeah, you know, I'm not saying you're a bad person. It's just you haven't thought through about how to use your time well. Absolutely. Right? And, 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 I, and I say this because people don't realize this. They keep focusing on, on the money component of things. They're yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to make money. I got to do this. And I'm like, you know what? You can always make money, but you're not going to get back this 10 years from 30 to 40. And if you lost these 10 years, now what are you going to do about the next 60 years if you live to 100? And yeah. of course, you want to live to 100 if you continue like this. Uh, you'll probably live to 70, but between the age of 50 and 70, you'll be pretty disabled because you'll have a lot of health problems. Yeah. And I say this not to scare people. I say this because it is the truth. And if people don't wake up to this reality, they'll realize that what they think is fun and pleasure is uh, very short-lived. And yeah. you know, 20 years of pain is no fun. Yeah, 20 years of fun will go by really fast, right? But if you, if you live yourself well now, live, live well yourself now, then you will have many, many decades of, of good health and fun. Uh, yeah. So yeah. So, yeah, so forget about this whole thing of, I'm, I'm going to get bored till, four. no, it's not about running 42K in four months time, right? That's your current milestone. Your yeah. goal is to live to, hopefully to live to 100 and beyond, yeah. right? And so yeah. talk about being bored in four months. So, yeah, absolutely. I don't think I really answered your question, <laughs> but it's because I wanted to push, pull us away in a different direction and think yeah. about how running should be used for long-term good health absolutely. and long-term emotional good health and mental good health. It's pointless being an extremely good runner, but nobody likes being around you because you're just a pain in the ass, right? You're, you're, like, <laughs> you're not nice to anybody, right? And then when you're older also, you're grumpy, right? And you talk about how you used to be an athlete. Like, I don't care what you did or what your grandfather did. Right? Yeah. What are you doing today? Right? You're 75 years old and nobody likes being around you because you're yeah. grumpy. Yeah. You yeah. be 85 years old and I don't care what health problems you have. You should be a happy person around other yeah. people, right? Yeah. Because nobody has time for grumpy people. Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful. And I think that's a very, very valid point because I think in the process or, you know, somewhere you just look for that short goal. It has to be looked beyond that. It can't be. It can't be just right this moment kind of a thing so yeah so one book which you feel is your go-to book that you can go back and read every single day kind of a thing or maybe you know that made you what you are today you know like maybe coming to you know your primary agenda of running I think sort of the best book that I ever saw on running training when I started off which I used uh, is uh, I think called uh, marathon training for the non-runner okay uh, it. it basically takes you from nothing to a full marathon in, okay. in, so so in that sense that's a that's one of my favorite books sure but, uh, I think uh, actually I've got a book here that I was reading sort sure. of last summer which I really like uh, and I'm not trying to plug his book <laughs> but it's uh, how to live a good life awesome yeah, yeah. It's, called, it's called how to get live a good life and it's yeah. uh it's a wonderful book. So I read it uh, about uh, 
maybe three or four times. It's got my annotations all over it. Nice. And, uh, nice. I've, en- I've enjoyed reading that. Sure, I can try that. Yeah. <laughs> and okay. we'll definitely put that in a post. So yeah, I would like to towards the end, this is my favorite question. I always ask my guest is uh, five blessings you would say that is what you are today or you can count on them every single day, your blessings. Uh, uh, so I think number one, definitely my, my parents. Uh, I think um, the, and this is something that I therefore also use in, my guidance to others when it comes to parenting Mm -hmm. is um you know this whole idea that children won't do as you tell them to do they'll do as you do as they see you do yeah so i think uh, number one my my parents because uh just observing how they live their lives has been uh fantastic uh and they're definitely role models for me even today so, you know, I could say that my father is the oldest person I mentor. He's in his 90th year. He's wow. uh, extremely fit and healthy. He's out every day. Every day in the last six months during COVID, he's been out. And he goes to the slums nearby to do vegetable shopping. And, you know, people are like shocked what your dad goes out. I'm like, yeah, every single day. I might go out once or twice a week, but he's out every day. Wow. So, you know, and, and the way he lives his life. And even today at, in his 90th year, he's looking for knowledge, he's often asking me about my opinion on certain things to do with health, et cetera. So mm. that's number one. It's sure. like my blessing to see my parents the way they are. Uh, number two is, I guess what my, one might call is, might call the sperm lottery, right? That you have your parents as they are. And people often think of that as therefore being to do with wealth. And all I can tell you is that I, you know, none of, you know, I'm one of four t- children. And none of us got anything from our parents as such. You know, the A, they're still alive, but B, uh, we were all sort of financially independent from a very young age. We didn't nice. rely on our parents for anything. So Wonderful. I think just having good education, right? I was lucky to have the opportunity for good education. Uh, yeah. And I think that's number two. And uh, number three is, I think over the last uh you know, seven, eight years, I think the people I've mentored have been a fantastic blessing for me mm. because it's through their experiences and engaging with them mm. that I've learned a lot about human beings. Mm. And that's, mm. been, that's been very good for me because it's allowed me to be a better mentor to others. Absolutely. So it's an ongoing process, right? Uh, you know, a teacher doesn't become a good teacher by going to teacher training school. <laughs> they become a better teacher as they start teaching children. And I think I'm really grateful to everyone I've mentored uh, for giving me this opportunity to engage with them. So I think that's the third blessing. Uh, A fourth blessing is the fact that uh, by nature, I don't uh, have a need for much. Hmm. So I'm someone therefore who can uh, be on their own for days on end, uh, even though I'm very happy to meet a lot of people and talk and I can talk endlessly. I'm still very okay with not being in touch with anybody mm. uh, in terms of physical, uh, you know, physically having to be with anybody. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I think that's a really good thing because it's allowed me to do things like do distance running. So I typically always run on my own. It's just once in a while I might engage with someone who runs mm. at a similar pace as I do and say, yeah, let's meet up and go for a run, but we won't chat while we're running. Like mm. we'll chat for a bit before and a bit after. So I think that's, that's a, you know, like a good thing. 
Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I think as a result of doing that, I've been able to get to where I am, where I'm able to give up things, saying that I can get more in the future if I give up today. Wow. So for instance, Love if, I give up food for, if I give up food for five days, I know that it re resets my immune system. So yeah. I will have a longer and healthier life, right? Absolutely. And people who are not able to think like that want to eat many times a day and it shortens their life. It's very easy to see, I, you know, just recently someone I mentor, you know, they said that their sister who was only a bit older than they are, the metabolic age was in the late forties, but uh, their actual age is only, you know, 30 or something like that, right? So whereas the person I mentor has a metabolic age, the same as the chronological age, right? So, so you can see how being able to give up will make a difference and, and not being able to give up uh, also makes a difference because it goes yeah. in the opposite direction. So. Yeah, wonderful. So there has to be, a, you have to strike a balance where you have, you can yeah. give up and where yeah. you cannot. So yeah, wonderful. And I think these are very extraordinary blessings and I really hope you keep going ahead and keep inspiring many other people like me and um, stay connected. Thank you so much uh, for your time today and I hope everyone add value. Thank you. Thank you.